are live once again with the Crossroads Music Podcast. Eric, how's it going? What's going on, everybody? Pretty Thank good. You. And yourself? Pretty good. You know, um, we're, well, we'll announce it later, but we're going to be taking a huge break after today's episode, uh, but maybe we'll discuss it in a bit. Uh, first off, thank you, Chasing Dragonflies, for uh, raiding the channel. Uh, welcome yes. everyone in. Raid um, like little Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> anyone who needs to go to sleep, uh, no problem. We'll see you next time. Uh, but we're the Crossroads Music Podcast. We are a weekly music podcast where we just talk about music, life, mm-hmm. uh, all the important things in the world that's happening, political things. Uh, we we run the gamut here. <laughs> yes, but we're not canceled yet. So oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. We're still around, so that's good. Yeah. Um. That's so so quick announcement. Uh, this is going to be the last uh podcast for November. Uh, I because am because we are getting canceled. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> After today, uh, this will be the final episode we yeah. ever do. Um, because we're gonna say some really messed up things. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, I am actually uh getting out of the country for for a bit. So, um, this will be the last podcast for November. Uh, we will be back on Wednesday, December 14th, same time, same place. Uh, mm-hmm. But a whole more than a month, I think, at this point. So, um, yeah, we're going to be pretty quiet for a bit. But um, let's let's get into it. Eric, what have you been listening to uh, this past week? Well, we should open off of what I'm drinking today. Oh, uh, yes. So. Yes. Uh, I actually get to show the glass for this one because it is from Lighthouse Brewing. Uh, but this is a limited series called The Anchors Away. It's 7%, which is crazy uh, for a beer. Um, and it's a wee heavy. That's what it's called. So uh, far beyond the horizon with course ne'er to change. Anchors Away is this Scottish style ale. The journey is in mind over the destination. Um, so I picked this up at the store and, uh, there was a beer there with lavender and honey in it, which I was like, oh, maybe I should pick it up because, you know, we're reviewing Taylor Swift (laughs) and it's like something (laughs) like pretty good, but it was a, it was a double IPA. So I was like, I'm not really a fan of the hoppiness of beers usually. So, uh, I, I saw this and I was like, ah, I kind of have to do it, but it's purple. Like the, the, the label is purple. It's so, on which theme. is kind of, yeah, it's on theme. Yeah. So lavender's purple. Hence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pretty close. Um, Tommy. Exactly. Yes. The law finally caught up with me. I have to get out of the country for a month. So exactly. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, Luckily right. we didn't tell you, tell anybody where you're going <laughs> <It's> <laughs> yeah. to find you. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but what have I been listening to? Uh, so there's a band called The Commoners, which released an album called uh, Find a Better Way. It's like a southern rock band. Uh, so if you're into like Leonard Skinner, you know, uh, Blackberry Smoke, uh, check them out. They're not too bad. Uh, Smashing Pumpkins, uh, yeah. has the release single for their three disc album Atom, I or ATUM. I don't know how to say that. They have a new album, uh, out? Uh, not a full album it's just a single right now oh for a three but it's gonna be a three disc album Mm. so which is pretty ambitious 
I don't know. Actually, no, that would make sense, though, because I've, I'm seeing a lot of Billy Corgan sightings uh, on the internet for whatever reason. Mm. Apparently, during the drum solo in the last show that they did, uh, he was eating um, a can of Pringles during the drum solo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Someone wrote up an article that Billy Corgan was eating a, a can of Pringles while waiting for the drum solo to end. <laughs> that is very interesting. What a thing to to do. <laughs> well, it's like um it's like Tool. Um he during the drum solo, he's um what is he doing? He's playing like Jenga or something. Oh. Yeah, it's like the weirdest thing. I feel like you would watch the solo. You know? I've I've I don't I feel like it's not like I feel like it's not like, all right guys, I haven't eaten dinner, so I'm gonna wolf down this like pizza. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, um, the single is not bad. It's it's uh, you know I, I have very mixed feelings about Smashing Pumpkins, so I can't really like. I'm sure a lot of fans out there would hate us, but it is what it is. It comes with this podcast territory. <laughs> um, L King, uh, who is uh, unfortunately, uh, what's his name? Oh shoot. Elk King? Uh, L King. L King. The daughter of that uh, comedian. That's the, an Adam. Every Adam Sandler movie. What the hell's his name? It just. What? Uh, the guy that's in everybody uh, in all the Adam Sandler movies. What's his name? The Polly You Short? Can Is Do It, it All Night. The Rob Schneider? Rob Schneider. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rob Schneider. So Rob Schneider's daughter, L King. Uh, okay. uh, his release is going to come out with an album called Come Get Your Wife, which is a hilarious <laughs> line. <laughs> like, it's an interesting album name. Uh, so she just released a new single off that called Try Jesus. Uh, pretty good. Um, L. King does that song X's and O's. If you Doesn't ring a song. bell. Doesn't ring a bell. Okay. It's, it's a famous song. Uh, but uh, the other single on this album is called Drunk uh, and I Don't Want to Go Home, which uh, features Miranda Lambert on there. Uh, okay. So uh, I just think it's total like trailer trash sync, like come get your wife. I just thought that was a great name for an album. <laughs> um, great song. Uh, Try Jesus. Check it out. Um, the other band I checked out was the Blue Stones new album, Pretty Monster. Uh, it's not bad. I just find that I really like their first album. Their second <laughs> album is okay. This one is, it's it's not it's better than their second, I should say. Uh, but the biggest thing here, Ken, mm. and the like, I was so pumped. It actually came out like last month. But the Proclaimers released no. a new album. Really? Yes. Oh called Dentures Out. Stop. <laughs> i'm already and, not listening to this oh you got to cam it's so good it's so scottish it's so good <laughs> dentures out mm -hmm. oh my god they're already acknowledging they're old well it's it's cool too because the song dentures out on the album is actually like uh it's almost like a an homage to the queen and and just like how how older she is now ruling like the british empire essentially and oh and God. it's just very like you know it, it's it's actually good like i actually really like the proclaimers um 
I think they're a fantastic band. <laughs> I know you hate them. Uh, if you really want to like get an energy feel for them, go listen to their live album, uh, Live at the Belly Up. Uh, it's really fun, really good. They play all their hits on on that album. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I just don't understand why you don't like the Proclaimers. It's, it's just like so... perfect folk music. They just weird me out. Because they're twins? Yeah, it's just weird. <laughs> Not that the fact mm. they're twins. It's just like, why is one playing the tambourine? <laughs> <laughs> well, they both play guitar. They play multiple <laughs> instruments. It's just... Anyways, check out Dentures Out. If you like the Proclaimers, and if you don't know who the Proclaimers are on, they're the band that does the 500 Miles song mm. uh, that you should know. And if you don't know that song, then you should quit life. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's all I can say. Am I wrong? <laughs> <laughs> you wrong, should Alex. quit life <laughs> if you don't know 500 yes. miles <laughs> i feel like you would agree with me on that i feel like 99 percent of the population would agree with me yeah if you I... actually like <laughs> not that you don't oh it's not about liking the song it's like i don't know that song i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree. Everyone should know that song, but mm -hmm. I feel like you shouldn't threaten people with their life if they don't know that song. <laughs> I didn't threaten anybody with their life. I just said you should quit life. <laughs> it was a suggestion. <laughs> yeah, but people should know that song. Um, yes. Cool. Anything else? That's it. That is it. There is a Louis Armstrong documentary I want to check out. Nice. on apple music which uh is probably going to be on when we come back in december after you run away from the law yeah speaking of documentaries i did what okay i don't know i shouldn't call it a documentary but i did watch weird the weird al yankovic um oh, biopic that's out it's out um <laughs> although it's like actually okay Here's the thing. It's very good. It's very entertaining. Mm. So I do recommend okay. watching it. But they really market it as like the life and story of Weird Al. It is not. It is not that. Mm. It's very much like, you know how Rocket Man by Elton, like the Elton John one, the Elton mm -hmm. John biopic at Rocket Man. You know how it was a bit like, it was a bit far-fetched in terms of like the stuff that how they portrayed a lot a lot of the events it was just yeah. like that would never happen in real life like it was mm -hmm. it was sort of loosely based on the real life events but it definitely did not happen that way this thing is like there's it's not real life it's it's fan it's like the pick of destiny without like the demon showing up like it starts off really normal where he's like born and he's like a child and trying to learn the accordion and his parents don't want him to learn the accordion. And it just ends up him going on like a world adventure, just like killing uh, Pablo Escobar. Really? Yeah. So it's, 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 shit it's like not that. a biopic. No, it's not a biopic. It's like <laughs> the complete, of, it's just completely made up. Like <laughs> That's 20, 20% in. Like, the rest uh, of the movie is just nonsense. <laughs> that's a shame. I'm I'm annoyed now. <laughs> but it's it's very good. It's very entertaining. But 
at first you're like, oh, they're really exaggerating how he grew up as a child. Like there was no way he had these conversations or whatever. They're just like hamming it up for like the film for entertainment purposes. And then like 30 minutes in, you're just like, this is not how reality works. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. It's like complete madness, this thing. But Daniel Radcliffe as Weird Al a plus he's so good Hmm. he does it so well he's a good actor yeah yeah he's so good in it and this movie is filled with cameos like it's filled with like famous people playing just like random parts like a surgeon just a random surgeon or like background characters like Mm -hmm. conan o'brien shows up for like five seconds in this movie (laughs) like like just random ass like famous people show up in it so it's like pretty funny that way and i would recommend watching it but do not watch it thinking this is weird al's life because it is not it's just like so like it's so messed Mm. up that's a shame that really is a shame because i was kind of hoping for that like a real life depiction of his life real life depiction of his life yeah, it would have been interesting because, like, didn't he had like a drug addiction also, right? At some point, mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah. So he did have that like Elton John like thing. He got famous, got into the sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and then he like got out of that. So it would have been interesting, mm-hmm. but it's good, but it's not. It's not a biopic, mm-hmm. like for sure. Interesting. <laughs> uh, so I don't want to see it now then. I, I, I would really still, I would still see it. It's, it's just entertaining. It's like the Pick of Destiny by Tenacious D. It's like okay. stupid, but it's entertaining. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I watched that, and then uh, my one recommendation. So Nas, the the rapper, he released mm-hmm. a new album last week. I think it was King's King's Disease Three. So he's been doing this like King's Disease. Um, now it's a trilogy, but I think he's going to make more. But he's done one and two previously, uh, two years ago and last year. And he just released the third installment of that series. Eric, this is, this might be album of the year for me. It is really? so good. Okay. I wasn't really sold on King's Disease 1 and 2. I was like, there's good songs on it, but it's not like a great album. There's like yeah. songs on there that are just like whatever and really good songs on one and two. But this one, front to back, it's so good. King's Disease okay. 3 by Nas. Like even even the first track, when you listen to it, you're like, oh, this is going to be a, like a magic album. It's going to be mm. so good. So from first track all the way to the end, it's just like oh, such a good album. I might change my mind by like once I look at the list of albums that came out this year, but right now it's the album I'm listening to the most. It's so good. Mm, Okay. Yeah. So uh, that's what I've been listening to this past week. Um, And I just wanted to to share that one because I love this album. It's so good. Oh, sweet. All right, cool. Let's move on. Today in music history... Uh, there it is, uh, November 14th. So, oh my God. Um, I, I, my eyes skipped over to the next line and, um, I might fall over laughing, uh, when I do that one. But first, 1949 sticks guitarist, James Young is born in the Chicago suburb of Western Springs, Illinois. You know, sticks are still around. They still like tour. Which is surprising. 
It's so ridiculous. Who's who's listening to the sticks? I want to uh, know who's listening to the sticks. Well, right now, old old people that want a nostalgic kick of the eighties. <laughs> Was this eighties or seventies? I feel like they might be the seventies. I think they. I don't know. I could tell you. Come sail away. Come sail away. <laughs> <laughs> that song. The song is pretty good, but oh my god, this band is like horrible. <laughs> Um, 1954, Yanni, Giannis, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce his last name right, Chrysomalis, who would become known as Yanni, is born in Greece. Do you remember Yanni, the keyboard player, the piano player? No, I don't. (laughs) He's so, he's like, he's everything, like, when you imagine a really pretentious piano player who thinks they know everything about music, but really they just play elevator music, sort of like uh, Kenny G, but the piano version. <laughs> That's Yanni. The more uh, relevant, I guess, because I feel like <laughs> if you're a master at the keyboard or piano, I feel like you have you're more versatile in what you can do than the saxophone. <laughs> than the saxophone. Don't you agree? I guess, but Kenny like, G. It's can... not even like it's not even like the alto or the tenor sax. I guess, but Kenny G can hold a note for twenty hours. Twenty hours, Jesus! <laughs> he has the world record for holding the longest note of like twenty plus hours. That'd be so annoying. I feel like if you were to judge that competition, you would think that you were going deaf. Because <laughs> he's just because holding a single this. note for twenty hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, nineteen sixty, Ray Charles' version of "Georgia on My Mind" hits number one in America. That's a great. That's a great song. Probably one of the best songs out there. Yeah. In the world. Um, and then a year later, nineteen sixty-one, before a show in Indianapolis, Ray Charles is arrested uh, when marijuana and heroin are found in his hotel room. Charles, or sorry, charges are dropped on a technicality. Mm-hmm. I don't even like technicality that he's Ray Charles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, nineteen sixty-four, rapper Joseph Simmons, aka Run of Run DMC, is born in Hollis, Queens, New York. Um, if you want some really good early hip hop, uh, run DMC is where it's at. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1967 pink Floyd began their first UK tour at the Royal Albert hall in London, playing on a package bill with the move, the nice amen corner and the headliner, Jimi Hendrix. Ooh, I know that pink Floyd at this point is not pink Floyd as we know it, but It'd be pretty cool to be like, oh, Pink Floyd and Jimi Hendrix on the same bill. Pretty that cool. would be a, a unique show. Yeah. For sure. Like, I would love to see David Gilmore jam out with oh. Jimmy. Like, that would be pretty freaking so, cool. That would be so sick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 1975, Blink-182 or Blink-182, depending on where you are in the world. Uh, drummer Travis Barker is born in Fontana, California that's a he's a really good drummer like it's so funny because like if you watch him like he's in his like what 40s 50s now i think he's in his 50s now i think well 1975 let's do the math 25 plus 
22 yeah. so 40 yeah late oh, 40s i'm i'm bad with math everybody but late regardless 40s. uh I, I know like the, you watch him play and you're just like man like when people talk about getting old they're like oh, i don't move like i used to but he like freaking just like assaults his drums <laughs> drum set like <laughs> like yeah. that's the best way but he's such a good drummer like yeah. such a spot-on drummer and and just like watching him still play like he does in the past like it, it's phenomenal yeah. it's actually phenomenal yep uh 1983 michael jackson's 14 minute film thriller debuts at the metro crest theater in los angeles directed by john landis the short film will become the most popular video in mtv history the film gets a standing ovation and the crowd demands an encore which is granted just imagine you're like in a theater for the first time watching like thriller. That would blow that would blow my mind. Oh, it totally would. It's such a like a iconic music video. Mm-hmm. Uh nineteen ninety, I didn't actually know this, but Pete Townsend of the Who tells Newsweek that he is bisexual. He calls his song Rough Boys a coming out. Hmm. I didn't know that was I didn't know he ever like one revealed his sexuality and two that he was bisexual that seemed mm-hmm. that's surprising to me that pete townsend of all people that is very surprising yeah and it's uh, it's interesting too because i because you think that that era it was almost pretty much like starting to like be news to people mm. like all these musicians and stuff right like you yeah. got like you know freddie mercury elton john there's all these things that are like you know it's it's very frowned upon not to come out right mm-hmm. like don't that's awful but then so I, I i'm surprised he didn't like that didn't get more traction yeah 1990 you know? yeah yeah it yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah uh anyways 1998 lauren hill becomes the first female rap solo artist to hit number one on the hot 100 when doo-wop that thing claims the top spot again lauren hill that album the miseducation of lauren hill is such a good album but do not go see lauren hill live save your money because she (laughs) won't show up she definitely will not Uh, show up to the show there's no way i i hate that you know (laughs) you get a good artist that's either trash live or just a prick like axel rose doesn't (laughs) show up like i've seen lauren hill live but it took like three hours for her to show up and she only played maybe 30 minutes yeah, that's not. No. The thirty minutes were phenomenal. Like she's freaking electric on stage. But like, yeah, come but, on, <laughs> you can't support that. You're, you can't do that with your fans. Yeah, like your fans are what made you. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, maybe you might know some history on this one. But 1999, EMI Music Distribution begins offering retailers a number. Um, a rebate on each unit sold of the latest Garth Brooks album in the life of Chris Gaines in order to boost sales. In exchange for the rebate, retailers are asked to lower the price of the album to seventeen ninety eight. Hmm. Chris Gaines was his alter ego, right? Yes. <laughs> yes, he was. Uh, if you want a what to watch a weird documentary, watch the Garth Brooks documentary on Netflix. Like he's just, he's such an odd guy. <laughs> he's such an odd guy, but a very phenomenal musician. That's, that's what I'll leave it at. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, 2000, the Offspring celebrate the release of their album Conspiracy of One by giving $1 million to 14-year-old Ashley Hitchcock, who by downloading their single Original Prankster was entered to win a competition. Hitchcock beat out three other finalists in an Offspring trivia contest broadcast on MTV to take the prize. That's a pretty good promotion. Like, have basically a contest for anyone who downloaded the song. I don't know if you could do that today, but uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, they call them NFTs. <laughs> yeah, give away <laughs> NFTs. Yeah, that's true. Just give them away like candy now. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, 2004, Gwen Stefani per- performs on TV as a solo artist for the first time when she takes the stage at the American Music Awards to sing What You Waiting For. I do remember this performance. I do remember watching mm-hmm. this live on TV with the Harajuku girls on stage with her. Yeah. yeah. I I remember that too. That was huge, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not if... always the case that someone goes solo from a band. It's not always the case that they become famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like right. even um, Haley Williams of Paramore, she had like mm-hmm. a solo album or two solo albums like five years ago, six years ago, but like no one really listened to it, right? They're coming out with a new album too, eh? Uh, is it out or is it coming out? I can't remember. I think it's. I think you're right. I think it's coming out. I feel like. I feel like we would have uh, put it on the short list if it came out already we totally would have um but yeah they're on tour february 10th oh next february year 10th. okay so we'll put this on the short list for next year then this is why mm. i i assume it's not going to be good but we should probably listen to it <laughs> i i would assume so too but there you go that's our that's our review of the album from february's <laughs> podcast everybody <laughs> um anyways that's today in music history let's move on to the music news uh so there's not too much but there's a few things here uh this past week so tiktok will be rolling out a streaming music service very soon called tiktok music uh no real details on the actual uh service itself but online suggestions like 30 seconds 30 seconds (laughs) of each song this is this is the max you can listen to the song that'd be freaking terrible if it was just a sample it's like the old itunes days where you could only listen to the sample of every song before you bought it oh that's horrible um no real details but online suggestions say that an artist will earn eight dollars from one million streams really which is terrible who the frick is going to get mean, 1 million plays on TikTok music? I love how they come out with these numbers, though. And they're just like, oh, yeah, like, like this is this is the numbers. And people look at the numbers who don't actually, like, think about it. They just see the numbers and are like, oh, that's great. That's amazing. Like, uh, that sounds great. But in reality, it's like, that's pretty shit. It's, it's right? like astronomically difficult to get 1 million plays on any platform exactly and that artist yeah that one artist it's not like one million plays for like like random top 40 maybe Mm -hmm. but yeah that uh, it's very hard as a musician to make money off of new albums nowadays i think yeah it's It's all about merchandise and live yep even live now is like difficult because of like COVID and stuff. Like you need to buy insurance mm-hmm. and like it could be canceled tomorrow and you never know and eat that cost. Like, mm-hmm. 
yeah, it's tough out there. Um, Eric, you're going to probably cry about this, but Boomi, which is a AI music company, recently announced that they've hit a milestone. Uh, to date, they've now created over 10 million unique original songs through their AI technology. Oh, God. I don't know what constitutes as a song, uh, but apparently they have 10 million unique songs out there now. So um, I feel like unique to them. It's like this is this chord progression in seven keys, right? It's just like, well, it's the same like fucking thing, right? Yeah. I I have a problem with this because I feel like their uniqueness too. It's just like instead of row 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 your boat it'll be row 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 your boat is that <laughs> is that like different right does that constitute as different that's a separate song unique that's a separate song <laughs> yeah <laughs> i feel like this is going to open up a whole new like regime of thief or no thief for us <laughs> we can't possibly go through 10 million songs i will like kill myself no way. <laughs> this song is related to 10,000 songs this song versus 10,000 songs of this new, new music application <laughs> uh chasing dragonflies but how bad are the songs though to be honest i don't know I, i'm not even gonna bother listening to this 10 million be pretty bad like, i don't know how anyone's gonna listen to any of these like it's it's insanity. i'm just gonna guess that they're pretty bad <laughs> that's like have you heard of that app called song finch song finch no song finch i no. think or is it called song finch or what does it do I, maybe did i did i represent this on the last on like a, a previous podcast mm -hmm. or am i just like daydreaming this no. so what it, the essentialness is, is, is let's say if you have like you know your wife let's say you're like you know what i am an incompetent with music uh, which you're not, which is funny, but like, I'm so incompetent with music, mm -hmm. but I want to write her a song. So I'm going to pay oh. like 50 bucks or a hundred dollars to some guy in like Nashville or something. Like, Interesting. So, okay. And it'll be like, it'll be like, okay, so I want to write my wife a song and the guy will reach out to you being like, okay, so like, uh, <laughs> tell me some things about her. <laughs> right. So you have like a hundred characters or something like what, whatever, like you, you only have like a limited space mm. to describe what your wife is to you. <clears throat> and this idiot in Nashville or wherever he is in the world will write you a song based off of this. <laughs> right. So, so he'll write you a song, but it's like very generic. It's literally like take your typical pop progression and insert lyrics here right and then so he'll record it and send it to you right and then he'll be like oh so what do you think like you have to pay 30 dollars or 50 dollars extra to change some lyrics around if you don't like what i like so then afterwards it's publicized but here's the funny thing so this artist or whatever let's call him joe like just for just for the podcast sake so joe writes a song for this idiot, this incompetent idiot, right? <laughs> and then he's like, okay, but any if anything, if this song becomes a hit on my Spotify account or, like, on my artist account, that I get all the royalties for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So you get all these like these idiot musicians now just writing basic songs for basic people, right? So, which which I I understand, I understand that you're like, oh, I want to do like a good thing, but like, ah oh, man, I just, you know, don't go off this application. I feel like this application is similar to this. It's like. But- it's like those people that buy a piece of like the moon or a piece of land for your partner. And it's like, look at how, mm-hmm. what a nice thing, but like, what the frick is this? <laughs> yeah. What am I going to do with this? Like literally, what am I going to do with this? And some people find it sweet. Don't get me wrong. Some people like actually like, Oh my God, this is so sweet. But like the, the thing that pisses me off about this whole thing. And it's because we know the music world. It's just like, this guy makes money off this song not about anybody he knows he gets all the credit for it <laughs> uh oh jen jen's seen this uh so it might be song finch and might not be but it does exist we can verify that and chasing dragonflies mm-hmm. wants to write these songs uh for people <laughs> well well that's the thing like you think hey i'm a good musician yeah. i should write songs for these people but but I, I mean, like, you'd have to think what what I'm saying is statistically, you would think that the majority of people on this as artists are not making music to make music. They're not making like cool music. They're they're literally making basic four chord progression songs that are very easily predictable, <laughs> like very easily predictable. Whereas I feel like real musicians such as yourself, Tracing Dragonflies that come out you'll actually be like hey i want to write something very unique but this guy writes it in like five days and it's, it's like here's your song <laughs> so i mean there's nothing creative about it it's a very very like it's like butter or vanilla ice cream it's very vanilla ice cream <laughs> so <laughs> Anyways, I, this is how the world's going to go, though, right? Because, like, AI is just going to, they're going to, it's so much cheaper. Like, 10 million songs. You know how many, like, how many artists, how much time, how much money you would have to spend to get 10 million songs in your catalog? Like, oh, yeah. it'd be ridiculous. And this AI company did Absolutely. it in, what, like a year or less or whatever Absolutely. it was? It's insane. Um. Anyways, moving on. Uh, we were talking about Sticks before, how they're an old band. Well, Foreigner have announced their farewell tour. Uh, so they're going on their final tour around the world. Uh, the band will be supported by Loverboy. <laughs> really? Yeah, so you can see Foreigner and Loverboy on the same bill. <laughs> I mean... It's it's a long time ago now, but like maybe ten years ago, I saw Lover Boy, at at or no, sorry, uh, I saw Foreigner, Foreigner, not Lover Boy. <laughs> I saw Foreigner, uh, and they were actually still pretty good. Like even though the majority of the band is gone, but but I mean they're still pretty good. But uh, like that was at Casino Rama. Those those were like one of those Casino Rama concerts, but. Lover boy and foreigner, like I just feel like, like come on, <laughs> the least cool show you'll ever go to. Um, also touring, uh, Blur have uh, officially announced their first live show since 2015. It will be at London's Wembley Stadium on July 8th, 2023. 
I don't really have an interest in seeing Blur, but it's cool that people get to that they're still like going to do shows and people can see them. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the opposite spectrum, Adele will reportedly use technology worth 400,000 pounds to protect her voice during her Las Vegas residency. She will have a complex system uh, with her to guarantee her the best possible air while she sings. It's a combination of dehumidifiers, purification units, water molecule dispersal units, and cooling fans in the green room, hallways, and stage. Uh, Recent resale tickets are on the black market for $30,000. Wow. <laughs> so that'll pay for her air purification nonsense that she has. I I don't know. Like, Freddie Mercury never needed this shit. He just went up and freaking sang. Like, why do... Like, Pavarotti never did this. Like, that fat mm. asshole, like, just freaking ate pizza all day and then went on stage and, like, sang his opera song. Like... This, this it was the grease from the pizza that lubricated his vocals, for <laughs> sure. Ate but... a bowl of spaghetti and just went on stage and just like did his thing. Like, it's. I agree though because like you think about any any major powerhouse vocalist, like female, male, like nothing special. They come out, sing their songs. That's it. And they wow people with their voice. Yeah. I think it, right? like the, the most outrageous, and it's not even that outrageous, Mariah Carey whispers or some sh- some shit like that, like for like two days before the show. She like refuses mm-hmm. to like talk for like two days before she does the show, which like, okay, fair enough. But it's not like yeah. $400,000 of air purification units that follow you around. It's madness. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> no, and that like here's Freddie Mercury like literally living his life, just going the <laughs> bar to bar, uh, right? Yeah. Smoking, you know, using drugs, and then just goes out and just like powerhouse vocalist. Yeah, right. Yeah, and like, it's not any of them. It's not Edna even James, like, <laughs> Whitney right? Houston, James Brown, like mm-hmm. Diana Ross. Like it's yeah. It's ridiculous. It's not even like Adele does 300 shows in a year. She's doing a... She hasn't sang in like five years. It's a Las Vegas residency. It's not that difficult. I I agree with Chase and Drag Buzz. We're all out here breathing regular air like chumps. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And other people who uh, just waste everyone's time. On November 12th, Morrissey apparently walked out from his headlining show at the Greek Theater in Los Angeles, California, after performing for 30 minutes. No official reason was given, but people think it's because the stage was too cold. Fans are demanding refunds. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Honestly, Morrissey, he's a freaking genius, but man, he's so Mm. pretentious as fuck. He is. He is. Um, Bono has teased a new documentary in the works about U2's involvement in the Bosnian War titled Kiss the Future. The film will cover U2's 1993 satellite performance in... uh, 
sorry, their satellite performance during the Bosnia War. Uh, so they remotely cast their performance or their their show over there in that country. And then uh, 1997 live concert after the war had concluded. It will be produced by Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Of course. <laughs> of course it will. <laughs> I'm interested in this one, actually. Uh, yeah, that that would be neat. That'd be neat. I know he Bono has come up with a new book called Surrender, which actually uh, talks about more more of his like how he wrote the songs for you two, mm-hmm. which I'm really intrigued for. But I, I mean, those are the kind of stories that like I want to like I would watch that, hundred mm-hmm. percent. I'd be on board with that. Um, he was like he's doing some like promotion for his book. Uh, he was actually in Toronto like recently. Uh, I never got tickets, but like he was here and he was doing promotion. I watched one interview where he says, um, so if anyone finds Bono roaming the streets and asks for their auto- for his autograph, apparently he draws pictures. He doesn't like sign it. He just draws you a picture or whatever. And he was saying the reason he does that is because uh, a long time ago, he asked Muhammad Ali for an autograph and Muhammad Ali drew him a picture for the autograph. So he's like, oh, I should do that, too. <laughs> that's kind of unique though like i would i'd be fine like what are you going to draw like it's going to be unique every single time right yeah yeah that's pretty cool so. um and final piece of news uh so we did discuss that Ozfest 2022 is going to be a virtual uh concert festival whatever you want to call it in the metaverse uh, but they have announced that uh at Ozfest 2022 there will be a performance by motorhead Lemmy's been dead for over a decade, um, but Motorhead are going you to be You can bring performing. him back in the metaverse. You can bring him back. I can't. I can't do this. Like, what's going to happen next? Is Michael Jackson going to show up in the metaverse and we're all going to watch him do freaking, like, the moonwalk? What animal, what animal do you think that Lemmy would portray in the metaverse? Uh, I feel like he would be a wild boar. Yeah, like like a sm- like a, a boar that smokes like ten packs of cigarettes a day. Yeah. Boar. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely a boar. Something that yeah. like rolls around in like filth and disease. That's Levy. <laughs> yes. Um, anyways, Ozfest twenty twenty two is happening now. If you want to see digital Motorhead, go buy tickets. <laughs> um all right that's the music news let's move on to the uh the main attraction and i assume uh why everyone is here tonight um this week we are going to be talking about the hugely anticipated brand new album by taylor swift midnights so Midnight's is the 10th studio album by American singer-songwriter Taylor Swift. It was released on October 21st, 2022. Midnight's is a concept album about nocturnal contemplations written and produced by Swift and longtime collaborator Jack Antonoff. The album was a major commercial success and breaking numerous records globally. It achieved the Spotify feat for the most single-day streams of an album and topped the charts in 25 countries. It became 2022's fastest and best-selling album, the largest vinyl sales week of the 21st century. Um, It's 
Oh, it's Taylor Swift's 11th number one album on the Billboard 200 because she reissued uh, her albums and spawned 10 top 10 songs on the Billboard Hot 100, uh, the most for any album in the same single week. So <laughs> it's just, um, it's just, you know, breaking records left, right, and center. This might, this is the biggest record of this year. Um, Chasing Dragonflies has been streaming this album nonstop. So, um, here we go, Eric. I'm pretty nervous about what we're going to say about this album. (laughs) So am I. I feel like we might have the same opinion, but let's get into Uh, it. You know what? I I know that this this podcast will either make us really famous (laughs) or or really infamous. (laughs) So, just, just say before you start like your critique of this i was looking so doing just like the blurb on this album uh there was a section on on wikipedia with like a critical reception literally every single review like best album ever like production spot on like er like everyone like song ready songwriting like the greatest like everyone loves this album so just saying so i just want to start off with my review of just saying like 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 I have Apple Music opened up here. Okay. So mm-hmm. as you can see, let's see if I can move this into the camera. I'm very like optim okay. So as you can see here, you have the num wait, yeah, the numbers right here, right? So beside those numbers are stars. So that means the stars are singles. So if I scroll up, look how many freaking stars I've never seen this before <laughs> in an album. So just to let you know, and that's at 14 songs. 14 songs have become singles on this album. Oh, actually, Eric, before we uh, yes. start this, like, did you just listen to the like main album or did you listen to also like the bonus tracks and like the special edition tracks and all that stuff? Oh, it ends at tracks. master it ends at mastermind track 13. It ends at Mastermind. Okay, so I have, I have listened to both. Okay, so you listen to so, every single track that is available because I think there's like three yes. or four different versions. I've only listened up to Which, Mastermind. I only did the standard okay. album. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so I think Meet Meet Me at Midnight is the last song on the album, is it not? No, Mastermind. Mastermind. Okay, because yeah. I mine here says Meet Me at Midnight. Uh, Meet Me so. uh, Midnight is not on the album, on the main album. Okay. Okay. All right. So, Mastermind. So, let's see here. Let's, let's, because I have listened to everything here. Let me just check. Okay. I got, I got it up here. Uh, let me just peruse through the, uh, the list here quickly. Okay. So, I know these songs very well. So, um, I've been listening to this album for a while now. So pretty much since it's released, because uh, we kind of we went to Kelowna to visit a couple of friends of ours, and uh, it was actually when we were the week we were reviewing the Red Hot Chili Peppers there. Mm. So I was listening to that, and then of course it's like let's listen to Taylor Swift. I'm like, you know what? That's going to be on our review later on, so might as well get ahead of it. Uh, so I've listened to this many times, and coming from a, tw- a Taylor Swift like person who loves taylor swift like my wife she says that she hated the album initially when she when she first listened to it 
Mm-hmm. But every time she listens to it, she actually likes a lot more out of it. Mm. Every time I listen to it, I feel like I get more critical of the <laughs> album. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. I I will say that good things first. Good things is Lavender Haze. I feel like that's a great, great song. Great song to start off the album. I feel like it's 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 a pretty decent pop song. Like I, I was intrigued by it. Even though some of the sounds in there were kind of pissing me off a little bit. Um, I feel like the best song on this album is, and quote me if I'm wrong, Cam, because I know you will, oh, is Antihero. Okay, I can... Antihero, I feel like it's really well written. I feel like the lyrics are really well written because yes. there's a lot of phrasing in the songs that are really good. Um other than that, like I just feel like this album, like I feel like this album, she was trying to make a modern sounding folklore mm. album, Ooh. and and it literally like it kind of pissed me off a little bit because uh, she, she she has this thing where I think she learned from folklore was that like she she'll add a lot of words into a phrasing. But in folklore, she does it well. But mm. here, she doesn't do it well. Like, like I feel like this album is riddled with garbage, in terms of just, in terms of just like adding adding lyrics together, like in in a mass phrasing, right? Mm-hmm. Now the way like the the way the lyrics are written because I've li- I listened to this album many times. Some of the songs that are written in this album are very well written um in terms of the lyrics but but i just feel like as a whole with the music and everything there there was just a lot i was missing like mm. i feel like out of all the versions of this album i listened to like because so 13 songs on an album mm. right that's her so lucky number. that's her lucky number now the 3 a.m edition which has everything has 20 songs on it right there are songs in this version that I would rather have on the album oh. than than her than her actual release. Like I feel like it's such a debauchery <laughs> of it. Like like for instance, like you could take out vigilante shit. That is the most garbage song yeah. Yeah, on I this album. I, I listen I listen to this. I'm like, she is such a good musician. She is such a good lyricist, and you come up with a shit song like that. <laughs> like it, it, I was just very, very upset with that. Very mm-hmm. upset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jason Dragonfly says she feels personally attacked by this podcast. <laughs> See, I haven't even. It's just my take on it first. Okay, okay, chasing dragonflies. Uh, so. Wait till we hear Kemp's because I feel like it's it's gonna be similar. I mm. I think Antihero is definitely the driving song of this album. Lavender Haze could be, you know, a second. Snow on the beach, I like. No, don't say that to me. <laughs> like I don't mind. I don't mind it, but but compared to everything else, like there there's a song on here. Bigger than the whole sky, which is on the actual 3 a.m. edition. It's not on the actual 
album album. Mm. Um, I felt like it was a really it's like it's a really well written song, mm. and and it's very like it's very personal. It's very sad. So um, what fans are talking about, and it kind of hits it real, because I'm like, oh, it, this has something to do with more of a breakup. I didn't know what it was. And then Julia said, oh, the fans are saying that it's it's about like having a miscarriage, essentially. And I'm like, mm. that that actually hits home. And I feel like just like you would think that she's so famous that she has say in what goes on her album. And this is what pisses me off, right? Like she like this song bigger than the whole sky should be on this album right mm. there are songs on this 3 a.m edition that should be on this album and it pisses me off because it's like oh no i'm gonna put vigilante shit because <laughs> you know and and i know the fans are like going crazy over this song but i just i just feel like it's such a trash song such a trash song and there there are tons of trash songs on this album like mm. I, like i feel like the only song that i actually really enjoy on like ten out of ten is antihero. Mm. Antihero Everything is else, a good song. It is a good. Everything song. else I have a problem with, Kim. Everything else. So, and this might not be right, but this is my sort of take on this album. Like, this is what happens when you have like a phenomenal songwriter who is just too heavy, heavily influenced by a producer, like. Mm. I think the strong points of Taylor Swift is songwriting, right? Like the ability to yeah. have like those really catchy phrases that actually have meaning and throw it into a song. This album for me, it was missing that songwriter element for a lot of it. And it was very much like, how do we get the right tone? How do we get the right mood? How do we get the production? Perfect. How do we get the notes? Perfect. Like it was a very much a producer's dream of an album and not a songwriter's album, which is yeah fair enough if that's the angle you want to take. But at the end of the day, I feel like a lot of these songs were too weak and it was covered up by the strong production. Because I, I think we're both in agreement that the production on this album is like top notch. Like it sounds phenomenal. It does, but it's all effects. Yes. No. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all effects. Right. It's... And, I, and it's I overdone but the production like it's obviously there like it's done by well, it's done by jack so like it's it's going to be good but it's i like it's very overdone another song that popped into my head and i want you to finish your your full thing but be jeweled oh yes that, I fucking, that, that, fucking that fucking okay i feel like it would be much better like i feel like it would be like six better if that stupid like like was out of the damn song like i just like i get i get the song i get what it's about it's about like taylor swift's older now like she's our age right so she's not as like you know a single person our age isn't as fancy as mm. as the younger crowd is but right. but but i mean like just if you take took that out of the song like like little things could make this album so much better i feel like yeah, take that bad. goddamn instrument, whatever the hell it is. I don't know. Whoever's idea was that I, I that would be the first person I fired. It was definitely, first it was definitely Antonov. Like Antonov is like, he does all this stuff, right? He always wants to do more in terms of production. Like that's, mm -hmm. every, that's his signature, which is fine. But uh, it's just overdone here where it, 
-hmm. it just really doesn't like it doesn't focus in on the strong points of like taylor swift's songwriting which is my problem with this album uh chasing mm. dragonflies likes that uh little twinkly thing in bejeweled by the way <laughs> <laughs> i do you know what's funny julia julia does too and and i couldn't she was she was asking me my honest opinion and sometimes she doesn't want my honest opinion on music because it ruins it really ruins it for her and right. this is one where she's like no no i want i want to hear what your song and i'm like this song fucking sucks <laughs> like like listen to this goddamn like i'm brutally honest but but i mean yeah, like for those of you who don't understand what we're talking about, it's like people who are into film, you know, it's like Michael Bay trying to uh, direct a Shakespeare film, <laughs> okay? It's just going to be so fucking ridiculous. Explosions everywhere. Yeah, that, yeah that, that, is, that is what this guy is. So just to give you the metaphor. Uh, Chasing Dragonflies likes Maroon and Midnight Rain. Actually, Midnight Rain is one of those songs where I think production was overdone. Like the effects were overdone, but not overdone. I think the effects were done well in that song. Obviously, there's a lot of effects in that one, and I really like that, uh, like the auto filter on Taylor's voice on that one. Um, mm -hmm. but man, there's just there's just so many like not great songs on this album that it's like hard to listen to. I agree. To. It it is very hard to listen to and and again like the more I listen to it the more critical I am of it. <laughs> and and honestly like if you listen to the 3 a.m. edition I'm sure you'll agree with me. There are songs on there that that would actually bring this album up. Like I would probably give it a high rating if those mm. songs were on this album. But like you're totally right the, the biggest thing that taylor has for her is her lyrics the mm -hmm. way she's able to write lyrics and i feel like it's just drowning in yes. this just it's it just drowns in this production because yes. anti-hero i think is the only like the only honest song on this album like if you were to mm -hmm. take the actual album not the 3 a.m edition um, the actual album, that is the only honest song on this album. Yeah, Antihero is like the least produced, roughly. Well, maybe Karma. Here's here's mm -hmm. my here's my favorite songs on this album. And I would sort of side with you on Antihero being my favorite song, because that's clearly the you know the lead single, the best song on the album. But I'm gonna say mm -hmm. Mastermind just because there are certain like vocal chord progressions that she does in the pre-chorus is just like oh that's really creative and like mm -hmm. i think that's how this whole album when i listen to it and i agree with you the more you listen to it the more you sort of nitpick at it because you notice like oh they did this production wise oh they did this production wise like mm -hmm. you sort of like pick those out and like oh those you didn't need to do that right whereas the first time when you're listening to it you're like oh i need to listen to the song as a whole uh, but then you start analyzing it more and you're like, no, this is too much. They, they shouldn't have done this. Like, why did they add this effect? Why did they cut the bass here? Like, the, hmm. there's too many small things where they tweaked it and it just took away from the overall song. Um, but my favorite songs on this album are probably going to be Mastermind and Antihero. And then I do like Karma and Sweet Nothing. So the last three tracks on this album, I'd probably say are my favorite with Antihero being up there also mm -hmm. um i think those are 
I don't know, the least toyed around songs, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. Where it still feels honest. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and and that's the thing, like, what I like about Taylor Swift and her and her ability to write lyrics is that she's honest with what she writes. Mm-hmm. Right. And and she's really good at coming up with phrasing and lines, like extremely well at it. But like just a small amount of songs on an album, like that's pretty bad. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's and Snow on the Beach. I get that out of my. So I can't. I I know you don't like that song. and, And I guess the thing that I connect with it, because out here on Vancouver Island, we do have beaches. Hmm. right unlike ontario so it is quite surreal to see snow on a beach so like like it is like i i like and and i think i attach with that song more for the lyrics than i do hmm. the actual like musicality of the song um but, but but granted i still think that the only song that i kind of really like is anti-hero on this mm-hmm. yeah yeah there's just it's just overproduced that's it's this is the point where she has to stop working with Jack and just like mm-hmm. move on to a different producer. It's very much like Max Martin. Like Red was like a phenomenal record, even though I hate Max Martin. And then like Up to Lover. And about, about that time, it was like, okay, you're sort of overdoing it with this like Swedish like produ- producer. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's becoming the same thing and it's getting weaker each time. So I think it's sort of gotten to that point. Uh, Maybe I will get surprised by on the next album, but it's just the producer has now influenced too much of how these songs are going. Like it, yeah. it really should just be the artist who's like dictating everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, you go listen to the three AM edition, and mm-hmm. it's literally like there are songs on here that if they if they made it to this album, Cam, I would give it a high rating. I would give it a hundred percent a high rating, but I'm not. Cool. <laughs> so. um, all right, we ragged on it quite a bit. We should probably uh, give our closing thoughts and ratings. What do you think? What are you gonna give this album, Midnight's? It's sad. In a way, it's almost like a curse that we've heard folklore, mm. because I I feel like now. Everything that she comes out with, or everything she creates, it's going to be compared. Always, it's always going to be compared comparing to comparing it to folklore, yeah. right? And it's sad. It's it's really sad. But I gotta give this like a four out of ten. Oh my god, <laughs> a four out of ten. I'm so, like a this four. is now midnight. Midnight's the actual album. I'm giving a four out of ten. If they actually put the songs for like some of the songs for midnight's on here. I would probably give it a seven out of ten. Oh wow, damn! So that should just saying that. So all you Swifty fans out there that are coming like, oh that fucking Eric, fuck him, <laughs> like so just so you know, because <laughs> I do think Taylor Swift is the biggest musician in the world right now, and she's a great songwriter, mm-hmm. probably one of the best songwriters of our time. Yes, but this does not negate that it's a trash album. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Sorry, um, Taylor. Sorry, Taylor, if you're listening to this, we are we are huge fans. We are really huge fans. Um, I'm not gonna be that low on it because uh, I think yes, uh, there's a lot to nitpick on this album. But if you were to just like put this on in the background and and sort of listen to it and not really focus in on all the high production value stuff, I think it might be a more enjoyable experience. So from that perspective, like it's it's still a decent enough album to listen to if you don't focus on specific elements of the mm-hmm. of the songs. Okay. And then in comparison to maybe her contemporaries in the pop sphere, this is obviously leaps and bounds above, you know, just generic pop that's on the radio currently, for sure. Like mm-hmm. so maybe maybe we're tr- maybe we're looking at it a bit too harshly. Cause like mm-hmm. if if we were looking at like a like an Ariana Grande album, we probably wouldn't be as critical because we're not expecting as much. Whereas this out with Taylor Swift, we're definitely <laughs> expecting like a masterpiece. That's very true. So that's very true. From that perspective, very for true. me, uh, I'm giving it a six out of ten. I'm probably never going to listen to this album again, other than yeah. like maybe Mastermind, the last few songs on this album. But there's no way I'm listening to this thing from front to back ever again. I feel like this album would really be good if it was just Taylor, an acoustic guitar. Yeah. Yes. And maybe like a backup. Like I feel like this album would be phenomenal if yeah. it was that. And I, again, I really like Taylor Swift. I really like how she's able to put these hidden Easter egg meanings in her songs and and albums. Even even it comes down to the titles. Just like just everything from like her releasing the singles. Like I like I love that. Like it's it's very like the fans are just like you got them like by the fish hook. Yeah. Right. Like like I I love that. I love that. I was very disappointed. Very disappointed mm-hmm. when I when I listened to this album, but she is still a great musician. I feel like we are closet Swifties at heart. <laughs> and be... you know what? You, you know what's funny? Because Julia said to me, she's like, "Would you go see her live?" I said, hundred percent, I would." Oh my god, and I can't. It was this. I... This is this is exactly this is, this is exactly the conversation that we had when she asked me, "Be brutally honest with this album." And I was like, she's like, you just dissed her album. And I was like, no, I 100% would because out of the three songs she might play from Folklore, I'd be a happy camper. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, literally, like, I think pre-sale tickets went on sale like two days ago or three days ago. I was actually, there's no Canadian dates. And I was like, oh, plane tickets are only like whatever, 300, 400 bucks plus tickets. I actually did the math and I was actually like contemplating going to a Taylor Swift show. Uh, with the plane ticket costs and the hotel costs mm. and everything, so yeah, I same was, with me, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know. This it's just uh, it's just over. I would be interested to see how these songs translate live because clearly you cannot do these mm-hmm. songs like how they are on the album. Like doing this live would be a nightmare. Just imagine doing Lavender Haze with all those same tones and all the background reverb. That would and everything. be tough. Would that would just be nightmare. backing tracks. Yeah, it would just be just, backing tracks, right? Yeah, it would just be lip syncing and it'd be horrible. So, like, doing mm-hmm. some of these songs live, I'd be really interested because, like, as you said, if it was just an acoustic guitar, I think it would be phenomenal. Yeah. Um, because be deep down, 
and I've listened to this a lot of times, like deep down, like if you listen to the lyrics for itself, like they're very well written songs lyrically. But again, it's just like if the lyrics isn't gonna hold the song together, like it, like everything play has its part, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so you gave it a four. I gave it a six. Pretty low ratings, in my opinion, but it's just, it's just. Not I feel something. like anything above a seven point five is considered good to us. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah like between six and seven point five is mediocre. Mm-hmm. Anything below that is trash. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of trash, uh, so now we're done with midnights, but. For next week, for those not next week, in a month's time, uh, for those of trash, <laughs> well, we're getting to it. We're getting to the trash part in a month's time. Uh, for those of you who are following along with us every single uh, week slash episode, uh, the album that we will be listening to and reviewing will be Nickelback's brand new album releasing this <laughs> Friday. Get rolling! <laughs> I. You know what's funny? I had it in my notes here that I'm like, oh, I can't remember if this made the actual list or not because we had some scheduling conflicts along the way, but okay. (laughs) Yeah, so Get Rollin' is actually being released, I believe, this Friday or not, Um, but it'll be a month's time before we come back and and start talking about this one. But Nickelback's brand new album, Get Rolling, will be discussed on the next episode. Um this is like I'm sorry. Compared to every other album art they they've come out with, this, this is, is so different. This, this is, is so horrible. different. It's so bad. <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm know. watching an episode of Scooby Doo. <laughs> I don't know who signed <laughs> off on this. Like this is a horror. This is it's not as bad as the Red Hot Chili Peppers mm-hmm. one, but this is pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyways, yeah, get rolling by uh, Nickelback. That will be the album that we review next time. Uh, and Chasing Dragonflies is in disbelief that we're actually going to talk about this one. <laughs> um, cool. All right, so that's our album review section. Let's get to the very last part: Thief or Not a Thief. So, um, here we go. It's uh, I'd like to teach the world to sing. Uh, technically the Coca-Cola company, it's their jingle, versus uh, Shaker Maker by Oasis. Uh, So, I'd Like to Teach the World to Sing is a re-recorded song by the New Seekers that started off as a jingle by British songwriters Roger Cook and Roger Greenway. The jingle was then bought and used by the Coca-Cola company. The song was renamed By the World of Coke. It was released in November 1971. The commercial itself portrayed a positive message of hope and love featuring a multicultural collection of teenagers on top of a hill singing the song. Uh, And a lot of people actually cite this commercial as one of the greatest commercials to be ever created. Shaker Maker is a song by English rock band Oasis. It was written by Noel Gallagher. It would be their second single released on June 20th, 1994 off their debut album, Definitely Maybe. It would peak at number 11 on the UK charts. Funnily enough, it remains the only single from the band's first two albums not to reach at least platinum status in the UK and their only single of the 1990s not to be certified gold. Uh, So the original songwriters of the song noticed the similarities between the two songs and decided to sue Oasis. In court, Noel Gallagher cited the use of irony 
as his defense and ended up losing the court case. They agreed to a half a million dollar pound settlement. Uh, no songwriter <laughs> credits were exchanged. Okay. So I like to teach the world to sing by uh, essentially the Coca-Cola company uh, versus Shaker Maker by Oasis. So Eric, thoughts, thoughts on this one. So this is one of the ones that was interesting because when you, when you messaged me saying it was a Coca-Cola, like at first I got just the band, the seeker. So I listened mm-hmm. to that yep. versus the Oasis Shaker Maker and it was literally like okay like i i can see similarities in it and and i didn't really know who this the new seekers were so like i was like all right maybe they heard them right you get that a lot in thief or no thief but then when you message me today hey by the way just to let you know it's from the coca-cola thing right and i was like oh so so i i actually watched the commercial and you know for its time it would have been a like a pretty big commercial like coca-cola is definitely i think one of the number one iconic thing like symbols yeah if you will yeah that that like brands in the world that everybody like you show them that they know exactly what the fuck you're talking about Mm -hmm. right um so it did change my perception Because we are talking about Noel and Liam Gallagher here. So, uh, I I mean, Coca-Cola is one of those, like, major companies that I... Once you told me, okay, it's the Coca-Cola version that we're reviewing for this segment. I It's, it's literally like Coca-Cola is like a big freaking company, right? Mm-hmm. So, they would probably 100% have people being like, hey... There's this Oasis song, Shaker Maker, that's out. Uh, this bullshit. It is. <laughs> it is exactly like this commercial back in nineteen whatever, right? Yeah. Nineteen seventy one. So I, I a hundred percent believe that this is possible because Shaker Maker, it definitely does have similarities, right? But it's yeah. in a more of a slower tempo. So yes. it's almost like most people who listen to it are like, won't even think about it. But obviously somebody from the Coca-Cola company, like there's got to be some section, which I believe in the company, in these major companies that are like, your sole purpose is to find copyright infringements. <laughs> and I feel like this is exactly the, you know, the results of this <laughs> of this section in within Coca-Cola. Because nobody would 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 spot this out unless they were looking for it yeah it's so it's so far-fetched that it's like ridiculous like like if you really sat down and analyzed it yes it is it it definitely is but the tempo is so slowed down (laughs) yeah that you don't notice (laughs) yeah no the the melody is just like exactly the same it's so spot on yeah that it's hard to deny that like it's not a copy because it's just like so similar. Um, mm-hmm. The funny thing is, I was reading that um, because of the lawsuit, because of losing the lawsuit, now Liam, because they paid off so much money to Coca Cola, he now sings the lyrics to "I'd Like to Teach the World to Sing" during live performances. <laughs> he like doesn't do the shaker maker lyrics; he does the other <laughs> It's probably because that's in the contract, probably. <laughs> 
for the rest of your lives and you sing Shaker Maker <laughs> as a punishment, you will sing our Coca-Cola song. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chasing Dragonfly says it's the same song, but wants to believe they did it by accident. I don't... I don't know. Noel... Noel is... The, the thing is, is if this was any other commercial or brand, I would probably believe you, Chasing Dragonflies. But mm. because it's Coca-Cola... I feel like Coca-Cola spends a lot of money trying to like, we need people to drink our product. So like, like you think the biggest drink in the world, one of the biggest drinks in the world is Coca-Cola, right? Mm -hmm. You mix it with rum, right? Like, like everybody doesn't think, oh, like you mix a Coke drink, like a sugar cane drink. No, it's <laughs> Coca-Cola, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, so I mean like, like, I can't see a world where Liam or Noel Gallagher would have not seen this commercial. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's the, it Ever. was the biggest commercial at that time. Like it was everywhere. Um, yeah. And I think, I think Liam in an interview also says they don't drink Coca-Cola anymore. They're a Pepsi family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could see that. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. The mm. the songs are pretty similar, but Eric, uh thief or not a thief for you. I'm gonna say thief. Mm. I'm gonna say an artistically thief. <laughs> because because the song is different enough, but it's like like any musician listening to both songs would say all they did was decrease the tempo. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Uh, so I I think it's it's definitely a thief. Yeah, I'm on the same boat. Like the songs are exactly the same. The melody is exactly the same. There's no way it's it's any different. Um, but who did it better, Eric? You know, there's just something about Oasis that has just that that just has that hook, and mm -hmm. and even even with the voice, the vocals, like everything, I'm gonna have to choose Oasis yeah it's just something about liam he's not the best singer in the world i don't even think he sings in pitch most of the time but there's something about oasis especially those first two albums it's just magic whatever they did um yeah so yeah i'm i'm on you on i'm i'm with you on that one oasis chasing dragonflies also says thief <laughs> <laughs> um all right perfect so i guess uh another another thief or not a thief with uh the coca-cola company winning that uh case but uh let's wrap this whole thing up oh i didn't save this hold on oh shoot <laughs> where is it oh there it is. oh i did say something controversial <laughs> yeah there it is too oh i well, said two things controversial yeah. god damn um so the first thing you said is you should quit life if you don't know the song 500 miles <laughs> that was the first thing and then and, the second and just just to stop you there 500 miles isn't actually the name of the song but most people refer oh, it yeah. to as the 500 miles song but right Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. um and then you also uh called a complete stranger this idiot in nashville will write you a song <laughs> a person you have no idea if he's talented or not you just called him some idiot in nashville <laughs> yeah <laughs> hey man 
maybe one day I'll be a musician on some bench and I'll be that Nashville idiot. <laughs> we should maybe we should sign up and see how many people actually hire yeah. our services. Um, they would probably be like, "This song is way too complex for my life." <laughs> Um, all right perfect so yeah that was um that was our podcast the crossroads music podcast Mm -hmm. um we are taking a break because i'm fleeing the country for a month uh but we will be back on wednesday december 14th with a brand new episode reviewing nickelback's brand new album get rolling uh thanks everyone for tuning in catch us on spotify apple music all those wonderful places um is there anything else I need to mention? Oh, uh, uh, join the Discord. Keep up with the schedule there. Mm-hmm. If something changes, the announcements will be there. Um, I think that's it. Eric, any anything I missed or any closing thoughts before we wrap this whole thing I up? I mean, three beers of the 7% anchors away, and I think we had a successful podcast. Come join us in the Discord. Discuss music. Tell us your favorite songs on the Midnight Album. Tell us why we're raw. We want to see if this this album is actually Taylor Swift's best album, which we highly, obviously, don't think so. <laughs> oh yeah, and yeah, we're very sorry to all the Swifties out there. <laughs> yeah, and, and and again, we're closet Taylor Swifties. Yeah. Uh, I think that's established, <laughs> well established. But come talk to us in the Discord. We we really want to chat with you guys and see. But we'll see you back in December. Yep. when Christmas music will probably be drilling a hole in our brains. Yeah. So, All right. That's it. That's it for us. Uh, we will catch you all next time. Peace.